Julia. How uh, are ya? I'm good. Welcome to another episode of Getting Literate. I'm Katie. I'm Julia. And we're here and not in person anymore, no, unfortunately. Unfortunate, no. indeed. Unfortunately, decided these, uh... to move back home <laughs> selfishly. Yeah, unfortunately. <sighs> oh, so wow. now our conversations with friends are virtual. Ooh, what a good Sad. segue. Because uh, we are yeah. reading Conversations by Fr- with Friends by Sally Rooney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're drinking uh, white wine. Yes, we are for Miss Frances, who does not for drink red. I was going to drink red despite her today, actually. That's um, really hurtful. Yeah. To Francis. Yeah, that was my goal. <laughs> Hurt Francis. Oh, you know what? Fair enough. Yeah, that's actually, that's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about what Conversations with Friends is about, or do you want me to? Great question. Um, go ahead, Katie. Yeah. Okay. Well, I do have the physical copy, so I mean, I can just read the back. Excellent. Of it. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, this has recently come out on Hulu as yeah. a show. I don't know where you can watch that if you're in Canada, like we are, but I, I... think Prime. Yeah. Okay, that's cute. Yeah. Amazing. Well, yeah, so Frances, who we are not drinking red wine despite that Julia definitely considered, is a cool-headed and darkly observant young woman vaguely pursuing a career in writing while studying in Dublin. Her best friend is the beautiful and endlessly self-possessed Bobby. At the local poetry performance one night, they meet a well-known, a well-known photographer. And as the girls are then gradually drawn into her world, Frances is then reluctantly impressed by the older woman's sophisticated home and handsome husband, Nick. But, however amusing Francis and Nick's flirtation seems at first, it, se- it begins to give way to a strange and then painful intimacy. Yeah. With a gem-like precision and marked by a sly sense of humor, Conversations with Friends is wonderfully alive to the pleasures and dangers of youth and the messy edges of female friendship. But yeah, so uh, like the back of the book says, it is a fucking mess, this it is one. a fucking mess. <laughs> We read Normal People almost a year ago, I think. So, where does some Sally Rooney girlies? Uh, Katie, I think you liked it three many, this conversation with Ren. Really? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to take, I'm going to do something a little bit drastically different for a second. And I'm going to say, I think you liked it three many. Wow, I didn't. No, because I didn't either. (laughs) Good. I actually, uh, you have to take two drinks because I, I liked it five many. Five That's many stars from disgusting. Katie. You liked it five it many? I gave it yeah. two. Did you give it? Yeah, there it is. There it is. I knew I should have gone lower with my guess. That's fair. I think you're going to understand the why. Oh, I think I'm going to understand the why. the why. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's hear top three. I don't know if you're going to see it coming, but yeah. Uh, my top three, I can tell you about all about that, Julia. My top three things. In yeah. Movie. What did you like? What were your top three things that you The writing. Did I quite we switch the writing. bodies? 
I think we might have. Oops. <laughs> Oopsies. Oh, well. Oopsie, baby. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, there were, I just, I mean, and this is maybe supposed to be two, this is two things that should be one thing, but every time she described anything, I was like, or even just like, there was like a quote that was like, oh, I looked at my face, the same face I always had, the face I would have, I would have until I died. And I was like, I... I want to go. I want to. I want to go to the Sally Rooney School of Creative Writing. Actually, every time she described anything, I was like, "This is so poignant, accessible, and poignant, yeah. and also so fucking deep." Like it just, it said so much while saying so little, and I. Sally Rooney loved it. is the queen of that. Yeah, it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, here's a quote. I have. Things highlighted. Uh, in the mirror, my face was a livid, unnatural pink. That's wonderful. That is a wonderful description. Mm-hmm. I can picture that, but also I cannot. And I'm like, that's beautiful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so those were two things, technically. Um, and then also, I really loved Francis. And I shouldn't have. Please I know drink. I shouldn't have. Please drink. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, that's my um that's my top three. <laughs> What's on your top three, Julia? Uh Valerie. Really? She's a messy bitch. She starts a lot of drama. Fair. Fair. <laughs> In such a stagnant book or a stagnant plot. I'm like, yeah, that's Valerie, true. let's mix it up. Um, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I really liked Philip for judging Francis specifically. Same reasons, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And my favorite, favorite thing was Melissa's letter email to Francis. Really? I loved it. Wow. Yeah. I think you have to drink. Okay. Because Melissa's on my worst three. Mostly for that email. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that made me uncomfortable. I didn't like it. So that's why I liked all. it. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, no, I just um, hated for, everything about it. For um, backstory, Melissa is um, the husband of the, er, sorry, the wife of the person that Francis is sleeping with. Spoiler alert. Yeah, she's married to nick uh, i mean it's not really a spoiler it happens in what chapter two like <laughs> um well i mean yeah but she, she's the whole book she's the wife and uh, when nick finally comes clean that he's having an affair with francis she writes this like wine drunk insane woo woo email to francis and it's basically they're it's like, like watching a car I'm, crash in email form. Oh, it's so it's so it's bad. delectable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is just it is like four pages. Yeah, <laughs> and it ends with so anyway maybe we could all have dinner together sometime. Parentheses. <laughs> I'll invite Bobby too. Just Whoa. incredible. <sighs> yeah, it's time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Melissa's on my worst three, for mostly for that reason, because I just think there's so, 
wow, there are so many better ways to deal with that than that email. Ah, but that email was so good. <laughs> anyway. It's just, it was, yeah. <laughs> we could talk about the email forever. Uh, and yeah. we might, but. We might. Yeah. And then Nick. Nick is on my worst. Same. I hate him so much. I hate him so much. I hate him so much. Yeah. He makes choices. It barely. He's so passive. Yeah. Oh, what does uh, Melissa call him again? Let me find the phrase. It's in the in email. email. <laughs> yeah. In the email, she writes to her husband's mistress. Where she just spends the first half of it insulting him. He has yeah. a weak personality and compulsively tells people what they want to hear. Yep. Yikes. He's pathologically submissive. Yep. Yikes. Yikes. It's, uh, Indeed. yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Anyways, yeah, hate Nick. Hate him so much. He's the fucking worst. Yeah. Um, and then every time Frances talked about, like, hurting herself, I was like. Oh, I hated it. It felt so much more graphic than literally like anything yeah. I don't know why I was just like Ugh. whoa yeah it was a lot yeah yeah so yeah you have what to drink for Nick because Nick was in my okay. worst three well yeah 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 as was Francis mm-hmm. I think as... I drank for that already yeah as well as the again, dialogue. Please. You know my gripes with this. Um, and Sally Rooney is, there's no quotation marks. And I'm like, this is called conversations mm. with friends. And sometimes I'm missing dialogue because there's nothing to do with <laughs> And I just, it's a, it it's irksome. <laughs> okay, so I have a thing for, I have a, I have a thing about that though. Tell a, me your thing topic, about that. A discussion. A, a, a comment. You knew I was going to bring that up. I oh, brought yeah. that up. No, I did. Uh, I absolutely did. What's it called? Normal people. I'll bring it up again. Yeah. I'll bring it up every time. <laughs> Until she starts using them. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, I don't it's think she ever will, though. It's, I don't think she ever will, either. Still, She's like, Nick. I like it. I you like know. it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But I like it because, okay, so I actually, this wasn't a thing, but I was talking to a friend um, about, she was like, oh, like, what are you reading? You were having a conversation like, with a friend about conversations with I was ha- Exactly. She was like, we, I was in a conversation with a friend, and she was like, what are you reading? And I was like, oh, Conversation with a Friend by Sally Rooney. Um, and she mentioned that she had seen something about a talk being given at, I think it was like McGill or Concordia or somewhere um, about Sally Rooney and temporality. And apparently mm-hmm. this actually was not true. Uh, she had gotten two talks mixed up and so one was about Sally Rooney and then there was another one about temporality and somebody else's work (laughs) (laughs) but it um I was like oh shit that would make so much sense because Sally Rooney plays with temporality she really does so much and excuse me for one second we'll like google the meaning of the word temporality to make sure that I actually know what the fuck I'm talking about very quickly that we're talking about time and not like metal relationship with time (laughs) yeah I was like Emma, is this the word that I think it is right now? Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because she places everything in time so specifically. And, like, she did this with normal people, too, right? Yeah. Where it was, like, literally, like, down to, like, the year. Like, we 
had like to the day you know yeah um and even here she like it's very rooted in these like weird little details that like let you know exactly what time this is set in which i believe is like early to mid 2010s yeah um and uh, it was released in 2017 so that that makes sense yeah yeah, and uh, and even like within the 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 plot, like we have like oh, it was August, it was September, it was October, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason that that doesn't grate on you, like, do you remember with Starless Sea? Yeah, we it was very great. So mad. Yeah, it was just like whoa in your face pop this... culture. Exactly right. Like it was yeah, like, here's a time, here's a place, here's all the details about that time. It was very place, heavily you know. anchored in a time and a place. Yeah. But, like, this is too, but in a way that's not grating. I, I was going to bring and this I, up, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's really noticeable, right? Like, you... Yeah. But not in a way that makes me pissed off about it. Yeah. And I think I, it's because she's so out of time with everything else, including with conversations. I see. I see. That's really interesting. Um... I like that. I was going to bring up um, her relationship with temporality, too, because it's so interesting. I find it so fascinating how she can, like, anchor it. it, Like, not even anchor it, but she can set it so overtly in a time and a place, but it doesn't feel, like, heavy and oppressive. Exactly. It's quite a feat. Um, I think that she is just such a good writer. I just was not yeah. compelled at all by what she was writing about. I wouldn't have finished it if we didn't have to. <laughs> That's totally fair. Yeah, I was reading through this and I was like, oh, Julia's going to fucking hate this book. I just don't know how much. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, yeah. I couldn't care about it. That's fair. That's yeah. Fair. Spe- what, what pissed me off the most was the endometriosis subplot. Um, if you'll allow oh, me really? to like go into this um Please. it just felt okay on one hand it i think it's like um it was like really good that she's like talking about this thing that like doesn't get touched on often um and even francis says at one point you know like my pain and suffering like what's the point of me putting it into art like that's not going to do anything for anyone and i was just thinking yeah. like that's so funny like in the sense that it's ironic that sally rooney's writing yeah a writer who's saying what's the point of me writing about this i i I, I know right it was um (laughs) it just like it didn't have like a storybook conclusion which i thought was like gritty and like very like realistic to real life and like Oh, like it, it. It felt very true to people who do suffer from endometriosis, mm-hmm. um, and like I was yeah. really intrigued by that the whole time. And like, thank God it gave Frances something in her fucking life other than Nick. Like Jesus Christ, I was like, yes, girl, yeah. let's bleed. Let's do literally anything else. Um, Every time she said that she was bleeding, though, I got so fucking confused, and I would have to like read back a few sentences and be like. Yeah. Wait, wait! Did she stab herself, or is yeah, this her like, I was like, did she somehow? What? It's her period. Okay, <laughs> that seems like a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. But I just thought it was so interesting how it was juxtaposed 
with the whole um, Nick wants a child and Melissa won't give him one mm-hmm. subplot. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that was just. And such... I mean, she tries to trap him. Francis does like fully. I mean, but this is before she figures out that like she has this condition, right? Yeah. <laughs> and she, they're like talking about having kids, and she's like, actually, no condom. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I want this. I was like, oh, you are trying to find a way where he can be in your life forever. I know, right? That you was really have a child cool. with this man. Uh huh. Um, and then, bloop. And then she has endometriosis, so she's like, the content yeah. can go back on. I definitely noticed that as well. It was really interesting. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, and also how she didn't tell Nick um because mm-hmm. she i don't know i feel like at some point subconsciously um francis was kind of selling herself as like a womb or at least she thought she was selling oh, herself to nick definitely. as a womb. she and was so, trying to be everything melissa's not exactly so yeah so, she definitely that's a good way to put it was selling herself as a womb it was like the end it was just like it was it added a very interesting level of complexity to the novel. However, my gripe with it is that like I was gonna she say. couldn't um baby trap him and it just fizzled out. Oh, and, and I'm you like wanted it to, yeah. I just wanted something in this goddamn novel. Like it was too much like real life, which is like a feat <laughs> and it's really good how how it just feels like reading about someone's life, you know, because real people's lives like they're messy mm-hmm. and they don't have happy endings or happy beginnings and they have shitty parents and weird relationships with their friends and they have titles that have nothing to do with the plot um and not nothing <laughs> but you know it's like conversations yeah. with friends okay okay <laughs> friends in quotations but you can't use quotations yeah. well, no, that's definitely what it is <laughs> oh my god <laughs> conversations with Friends. friends. <laughs> but you, we're just friends. Yeah, that's friends definitely it. They were friends. Ah, uh, that's definitely it. Anyway, yeah. I was just like, <laughs> I just wanted something. It's too real. You know I read for escapism, so I was just like, oh, yeah. can't we just have a little pregnancy scare? And I guess like the endometriosis like was a little pregnancy scare, but Yeah. No, oh, it no, wasn't even because she, she had... only like she had used protection up until that point. You know? Well, I mean, there was, like, a chance, though, right? The first time that it happened. And I was, like, so prepared for it to be like that. And I was like, oh, hell no. I know, but, the like, when she went to the hospital, like, I don't think they had, like, had unprotected sex yet. So it's, like, such a Um, lower... And she kept saying to, like, um, the doctors and nurses, like, always protected and sometimes No, she didn't. Didn't she? No, she said, like, um, she was, like, they were like, oh, have you had, like, unprotected sex? And she was like, well, not fully. And they were like, not fully unprotected. And she was like, not full sex. So. I thought that just meant um, gay sex. No, because she goes on and she, like, clarifies it. Uh, where is the. Uh, as soon oh, as she it goes, was in a pregnancy looks... scare, I was bored. Anyway, what did she say? Oh, no, this was before. <laughs> this was before. She was like, no, I mean, not full sex. And then um, it goes on and then. She's like, then I looked at him and said, I mean, he didn't come inside me. Am I not being clear? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so, I mean, there's that. Um, 
So yeah, so it was kind of like, I don't know, um, less, that, at that point I was still kind of clinging to like the, ooh, is it a baby? And then I thought it was going to be a baby in November. Yeah. After she had tried to trap him. And that Sally Rini was actually just setting us up for like, why is she going to get an ultrasound out of the blue? But no. No, but they scheduled the ultrasound. It wasn't our movie. No, 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 but that's what I'm saying is, like, she was giving us, like, a plot point to get to that that ultrasound. Oh, like, we go to the ultrasound. So that it could be, like, the discovery. Oh, it's endometriosis and a child. (laughs) Or even just just a child, like, if it was that kind of thing, you know? True. Um, And I was like, ooh, what a fun little, like, like, little plot path that you gave us, Miss Sally Rooney. And then it was like, no just endometriosis and also she's probably infertile yeah okay that's sad yeah yeah from that point onwards it was a fucking it was hard to read i mean for me it was a slog for you yeah when i say hard to read i mean like i was um you were emotional and sad (laughs) yeah exactly yes yeah (laughs) yep yeah. I uh I mean I'll talk about I mean I can talk about this more later because this is what I would want to write an essay on, but it's okay. uh it felt very catcher in the rye. Yes, it did. For me. Yeah. Modern female catcher in the rye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now that you're saying so. this, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz yes, I do I draw identify the parallel? with Francis? On a lot of levels. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a little spooky that she doesn't drink red wine. It's a little <laughs> weird. I don't like it. And I don't appreciate that Miss Sally Rooney was spying on me. <laughs> or reading my future in her little crystal ball. Because my life has taken a very weirdly similar path <laughs> to hers. And this book came out in 2017 and this is the first time I've read it. Like... Yeah. For why? I don't know. Sally but, uh, Trelawney Rooney. Honestly, I'm like, could I get some lottery numbers, girly? Like, <laughs> what is happening? But, um, yeah. So, yes, I did identify with Francis on so many levels. And then also I was like, hmm, you have Holden vibes. So... She does. She really does. But she's not as messy as Holden. Oh, Holden's such a messy bitch. I love him. Isn't she, though? She really has an affair. Yeah, but... turns into polygamy. It's it's a more reserved... polyamory. It's it's a more reserved messy. It's a feminine messy. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. She's a woman. Yeah. And how dare she? Anyways, yeah. Um, I don't want to. Maybe I can dive into it if we want to, but I don't need to right now. No, but we'll yeah. we'll, get, um, we'll circle back. Circle back. We'll circle back. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on Bobby? Because I fucking hated her. Oh, she was the worst. She was such a bitch. She sucked. Oh my god, she sucked. Like I think I would hate her. She's definitely someone you have in your English class who you just like cannot stand and you and me would like sit in the room every time she like 
raised her hand and like said something like so mm-hmm. deep and pretentious and you would or, me like, would like talked forever and didn't let anybody else get a chance to speak because she was theorizing on the spot okay but who does that sound like us but also like in a <laughs> like self-aware way yeah so we're better than her exactly yeah. exactly yeah. I know she I would just like hate her like I would just like avoid her like she's some bitch that I would like avoid in class and that's why I like yeah didn't like Francis as much too because like that whole part where Francis like Bobby was just like theorizing about history Mm -hmm. and she has half a degree in history and she didn't even tell that guy which okay yeah iconic hilarious so funny um but at the same time like come on Bobby she's such an ass like She's so dramatic, like, moving out, moving in, like, everything. Literally, who does that? I don't know. Who does that? You wrote a story about me and I didn't like it. I'm now moving out of this apartment tonight. Where are you going? Girly, sleep on it. Like, you're going to punish yourself by not getting some rest? Yeah, like, girly, at least ask for, like, a cut. Honestly, like if you're that mad, just be like, "Yeah, pay me, pay me." Where's my money? Like literally, ugh, yeah. She was just so dramatic, but yeah, no, she was. To be fair, she did get red on blast for like thousands of dollars. So like, I mean, yeah, yeah. She had a right to be angry, but like, holy shit, that's so over the top. That was like the only time that I was like, "Yeah, your actions are justifiable." Well, not your actions, but your emotions. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, because the actions were definitely, like, kind of a lot, uh, but the emotions, yeah, that's, that's what I meant. Um, I got you. But, yeah, everything else, I was just kind of, like, shut up. Yeah. Also, the amount of times the word capitalism appeared in this book, I was, like, look, I get it. I'm with you, Miss Rooney. I, we are on the same page, girl. Girl, you are writing Zoomers very well. Oh, it's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. (laughs) It was a lot to see it reflected back in myself. I was like, oh, fuck. Do I talk about capitalism that much? Jesus. I know, right? She just sees us too much. Like That's exactly what it is. It's a spotlight. It's a ring light on us when we read this. Yeah. I I feel like... Did you ever watch the movie Sydney White? Take one guess. I'm going to guess no, but I was obsessed with it as a child. It was a retelling of um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, but it was Amanda Bynes was, of course, Snow White, and she was trying of to join course. a sorority house in oh, that's college. Iconic. That's so it's funny. so fucking funny. It's so fucking funny. Of course um, it was Amanda Bynes. Of course it was, right? She was fresh off, like, the heat, or she's all that. No. She's the man. Oh. Funny. Um, iconic just incredible just an incredible performance and i mean i didn't need to go into that to give you this information but i was wondering if you knew the same scene that i did but anyways uh obviously hazing is involved with getting into a sorority yeah and at one point they take them and they like put a ring light up to their faces like the pledges or whatever and they like (laughs) tell them exactly what's wrong with them they like, oh my god! Like absolutely no fucking holds barred. They're like, okay, your mustache disgusting. Your pores are way too big. You need to start just start using sunscreen. And you, mm, all of it's bad. Botox time. Like it's like so harsh. 
And I feel like that's what Miss Rooney's done with this book. (laughs) (laughs) She has not just held up the ring light. She's like, here's exactly what's wrong with you and why no one can stand you. Yikes. And it's hard to read. Yeah, it is. But I love it. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah, let's hear it. So I'm just looking at the back of this book again, and mm-hmm. it ends on wonderfully alive to the pleasures and dangers of youth, of youth, of youth, of youth, and the messy edges of female friendship. Mm-hmm. I don't think I agree to that. I do not at all. That is not an exemplaration of like female friendship. That's, and it's not even like I. I guess the only danger of youth. Friends. It's like, like it must be a a white a straight man, white man writing that back cover because like I the dangers so. of youth is like mm. yeah i'm like oh yeah i'm You're a 21. straight white man and i'm 30 and i'm gonna fuck a 21 year old like the danger also yeah. like they're 21 like yeah. i guess like that's youthful yeah if you're like old but also like you are adults with responsibility for your own actions yeah like, it's not dangerous of youth. It's dangerous of being a fuckhead. So. Yeah. Literally. The dangers of being a new adult. Yeah. And Freshly then also, hatched. I disagree with the part about female friendship. And I was wondering what your take was on the uh, Bobby Francis relationship. Oh, so weird. Right? I feel like they were more, like, co-workers for a lot of it. Really? Or, like, well, no. Like, 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 not co-workers, but, like classmates project members like they were working group members yeah group members group members is what it felt like because it was like kind of like the ride or die when you have to get a grade to pass Um, (laughs) but like also an estrangeness that comes with you know literally being each other's exes and it felt like well that was my thing it felt very out of like um, convenience or like old habits that die way too hard, and it felt very. I it was it wasn't an example of female friendship, but it was messy edges. Well, I mean that's my gripe with it is that I don't think it was friendship. No. I don't interpret their relationship as friendship. They weren't. They didn't break up. To me. Yeah. Like they just. They stopped having sex, basically. And they were still in, like, a relationship pretty yeah. much romantically. Yeah. I can see like, that. from where I'm standing, both Francis and Nick had affairs. Ooh, that makes it so much more interesting. Right? And that as makes sense. As soon as you start to read it like that, you're like, whoa. Spicy. Yeah. Literally. And that makes sense why, like, she didn't tell Bobby for so long. Right? And why Bobby didn't tell her that she kissed Melissa. Yeah. Even though it was so obvious. I mean, I was like, if y'all have not done anything. Yeah. There's no, like, there's just no way. There was just no way. They were obsessed with each other. I know, right? And she's like, yeah, I know. They sleep in separate beds. Yeah, I'm like, how do you know that? I was just like, okay, tell Francis. Like, literally. The only reason that you know somebody's sleeping situation with their partner 
is like either you are their lifelong best friend or Mm -hmm. they want to fuck you. Yeah. Literally. Especially if it's separate beds. Yeah. 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 No, that was just, whoa. Not even separate beds, like separate rooms. Yeah. Right? Because there's separate beds that like, you know, the mazels have <laughs> that oh, you can yeah. scrape together from best. time to time yeah yeah <laughs> no so i really cool. like I, that, I really love that it was just a prolonged breakup i really like that theory it makes the book so much more interesting it gives francis yeah. and bobby's relationship so much more depth it gives Probably, the book like, actually, so much more depth i wish that was a bit yeah. more more over Yeah, yeah, I think I definitely picked up on it because I'm so sensitive to the nuances of <laughs> lesbians, having lived as one. So <laughs> Lived amongst them, been one of their own. did an anthropological study, uh, <laughs> and then I left. Lifelong I study of, of lesbians, <laughs> living amongst them. You're the Jane Goodall of lesbians. Oh, that's exactly what I was about to say. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that was, yeah, I think that might have just been me trying to pick that up. Or maybe I'm reading into something that's not there. But yeah, I just really felt like the whole time it was like, it all just felt very unresolved romantic. Yeah. Also, oh, when she, I have two things. I have two things and they're competing in my brain for attention right now. Um, okay. When she was reading... The Bible, mm-hmm. and she kept picturing Jesus. Bobby as Jesus. Bobby. Yeah. I was like, "There's no way. There's no way that's y'all what, are friends." Yeah, literally. That's what the fuck. Who does that? What was the other thing in your thought in your head? Oh, um, just because I know that we both listened to Guys We Fucked, and if people are listening to this and they haven't listened to guys we fuck please go do that because it's incredible and amazing and i need to share it and push it on everyone in my life um that they have that saying no grown man wants to be your friend (laughs) and i couldn't stop thinking that throughout this book like just the first part when they were being friends and not yet having an affair i was like this he's not your friend he doesn't want to be your friend no grown man wants to be your friend like, please. Yeah. Get your shit together, Francis. <sighs> also, I wanted to go by Frankie. Same. So much so. It would be so much more cute, Bobby and Frankie. Bobby and Frankie. Like, come on. The Chigan and Sarah of the poetry <laughs> world in Dublin. Yeah. <laughs> Franny, and, Franny and Zoe for, like, the new age. Yeah. Um, okay, so I just wanted you to get both your points out so that we could talk about oh, them both. Thank you. So, um, yes. your first one was, uh, I forget. <laughs> Bobby is Jesus, or Jesus Bobby is, is Bobby. Jesus, yeah. So telling about, like, the inner psyche that she worshipped yeah. her. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. oh, she worshipped Bobby. And that was, like, apparent the way she was, like, thinking about her and like Mm -hmm. 
like thinking about her especially like giving conversations like you know to see it as like giving sermons like the way bobby would like yeah. talk at people like i can mm-hmm. see how you could compare that to jesus if you know you also loved him like you know love thy neighbor yeah. thy neighbor yeah, is your apparently. ex-girlfriend yeah your your weird ex-girlfriend who you do poetry performances with and are still like best friends with five years out yeah <laughs> and i thought it was Anyways, just yeah they so easily got intimate again you know it was like a no questions yep. asked and like yeah no surprise like I, that's why i totally wholeheartedly believe your theory because like I, they were just on a really really sahara level dry patch <laughs> yeah they were like having emotional affairs with each other but not physical ones Oh my god, exactly. Exactly. So messy. Ugh. But it's like women, so it's so covertly messy that mm-hmm. it made for a long read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Oh, that was the thing, right? Is it would get like really I mean, I guess that's why I can see like if you're reading this as friendship, then it seems like she's dealing with like the weird nuances of female friendship because definitely i've done the shit where she was talking about like um you know like bobby's telling me this because i know that she wants me to know something else like you know when she would say like oh you know that they have separate rooms yeah it's like actually i don't want you to know that fact i want you to know that i talked to melissa without you yeah and she told me things that you didn't that she didn't tell you like, it's not about the thing I'm telling you. It's about all of the implications of it. And I'm so guilty of that shit. Absolutely. I I don't think there's a woman out there who's not. Because I haven't that, met one. We, <laughs> yeah, literally. We uh, work. Our, our conversations are 3D chess. Exactly. Exactly. We learn the art of the war of words very, at a very mm-hmm. young age. And it's... The, the only real weapon we have in this world of men. I mean, yeah. When you have to be, like, subversive about everything all the time, it's hard not to let that leak into, like... Yeah. Friendships. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, so, yeah. So I can see somebody reading this and going, this is about friendship, and this is how weird and nuanced it is. But I was like, this is... This is like a weird semi-platonic, semi-romantic. I mean, it's like you said, like these are just like emotional affairs. Yeah. That they keep having over and over. Ugh. But I had a point at the beginning of when I started talking and I don't remember what it was. No girl man wants to be your friend. That too. Yeah. Oh, also Bobby is Jesus. Bobby is Jesus. Yeah, she definitely worshipped her and the sermon thing. And she would have, like, these weird moments of, like, oh, I hate you. Yeah. But also, I never, ever want you to leave me. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, that seems like a toxic relationship to me. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And how can someone, how can an Irish bisexual not have an interesting relationship with Jesus and God in the church. Oh. Are you referring to Francis or me? 
<laughs> you know, I was being covered for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. I really, I'm, yeah. So that's why this got five stars is because I'm a fucking narcissist. Um, <laughs> We've been there. The thing like got yeah. Sean and Katie and she said, me. Actually, I like it. <laughs> Katie saw the mirror. I just saw the blinding light. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, shall I go off? I I would love it if you went off. Okay. Um I like to like name my monologues sometimes so that I can have oh, just like that. a sticking point. Um so this one is I listen slash three you, a diatribe against online dating. Um oh, yes. Because so this book is set in like the um early to mid 2010s and it Mm -hmm. uses like a lot of like online methods to build this relationship between Francis and Nick and like show this relationship um most notable pardon me I said yes it absolutely does oh yeah um most notably like a messenger unnamed like instant messaging thing of some sort and email um and i just thought like the messaging like the instant messaging was like so reminiscent of like early 2000s msn messages and flirtations and like Mm -hmm. e-communications and it just it gave like high schoolers flirting with each other like especially with the lack of like punctuation and capitalization and um nick's messages especially that's just like so very interesting and so personal and just like linguistically like a very interesting area to look at like how could a grown man like did he consciously write in like this juvenile style to relate to francis like because when you're building most of your relationship virtually like you are building like your own version of you like there's no energy there's no like you can't read a person you just read text and so the other person can view your messages with so much more um than there is behind it because like to me nick is the epitome of like go girl give us nothing like that is nick in everything you know and he is just bland like soggy cardboard but he cultivates this relationship with a younger person with a younger person's technology speaking Mm -hmm. in this quasi younger person way with a disregard for grammar and punctuation that was just so interesting how he was like building himself behind like the wall of like the screen like um you know, because, like, the internet enables, like, secrecy and flirtations and miscommunication. And that's also, like, pertinent to the novel. And they actually have, like, a lot of miscommunications. Like, both yeah. over Messenger and um, in person. And it, I think it just goes to show mm-hmm. how, like, that method of communication is so fraught with, like, troubles. And then if that's mm-hmm. your main form of communication where you're reading in to everything and basically creating the other person um in your head like cool girling or cool yeah. guying the person you're talking to like for them then when you mm-hmm. interact in real life of course you're gonna conflict because the real person is not the person you built up in your head but yeah. you 
have been interacting with the person you built up in your head. So it's like an expectations versus reality in the flesh. And they get in so many fights um, yeah. that basically boiled down to Nick being like, wow, you're a lot cooler <laughs> when I think about you pretty much. Yeah. And it's such yeah. an interesting look at like modern dating. But as we said, like Sally Rooney is like so, so nuanced with temporality that it's not like aggressively modern so the tech is Mm -hmm. in the background but in your face and it's just like Mm -hmm. so cool and I wanted to talk specifically about um how online dating like enables extramarital affairs specifically referring to the Ashley Madison scandal um, yeah. So if you don't know this, in July 2015, so probably when this novel was being written, a group called the Impact Team stole the user data of Ashley Madison, a commercial website billed as enabling extramarital affairs. The group copied personal information about the site's user base and threatened to release users' names and personally identifying information of Ashley Madison would not immediately shut down. So in August of that year, the group leaked more than 60 gigabytes of the company's data, including user details. We're talking credit card information, search history, real names, home addresses, because the website had a policy of not deleting the user's personal information unless they paid. So your buddy could create an account for you (laughs) as a joke at like a bachelor party and you'd have to pay to get it removed um That's which is like fucked. crazy and in this like info dump um there were so many like dot sa like saudi arabia emails and um extramarital affairs are actually punishable by death in saudi arabia um, oh my god so it's just such a huge scandal and i think it just like goes to show like how tech can really enable this this Send, like, there's, like, okay, well, we can talk about the impact team themselves, like, these vigilante Mm -hmm. data thieves who, like, think they have, like, I don't know, they have a holier-than-thou mission to stop this site from, like, enabling extramarital affairs. Yeah. Or even just, like, their business model, maybe they just... And, like, then you have Ashley Madison as a company who, like, the foundation is like we're going to enable people to have an affair and then there's the users you know who like seek out affairs on a website nothing nick would ever do because he's so passive (laughs) but i think this is like the epitome of like marital affairs and technology intersecting um this ashley madison scandal and i think it's really interesting to look at like uh conversations with friends knowing that this scandal was going on around the time that it's set and that just adds yeah. such an extra level of irony and like drama to the novel you know yeah. and like yeah. also like temporality like pertinentness um so yes. i really liked yeah. the use of yeah. tech in this i thought it was really effective at um causing drama which this book mm-hmm. so sorely needed <laughs> do you want to know something fucking hilarious yes um so yeah so there was a lot of saudi arabia um people or 
accounts um, with the Ashley Madison scandal, but also one in five Ottawa residents were on Ashley Madison. That's insane. And that was a huge fucking thing when I was, like, what, 15? Yeah. So... <laughs> it was just like why is everybody who works or lives in ottawa trying to have an affair and i was like well because they work in the government and their lives are boring but (laughs) (laughs) they work for the federal government me like 15 two younger brothers my parents like very happily married as far as i know um "Hmm, i have a family of five interesting No, you didn't. My parents so have never had affairs. I'm just gonna put that on record. But <laughs> yeah, it's just that's something that has always stayed with me from that like scandal. <laughs> um, I just wanted to share. Thank you so <laughs> much no, for your you're... inclusion. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, but no, I think you're entirely, entirely right about everything you said about the way that it. They're having affairs with themselves. Yeah. Right. And I think totally that's like a fun little way that the title gets like twisted on because like, yeah, it's conversations with friends, but also it's conversations with yourself. When you have a conversation over text, like you can, but to an extent you are having a conversation with yourself because you're the one who's putting tone and meaning and emphasis and stuff into these, into these messages that you're getting and the same with email and everything like that. And I mean, I think it's interesting the way that you, like, say that people kind of, like, cool girl or, like, I mean, you know, like, they just essentially try to reflect a certain personality. And sometimes when you're online dating, as I am personally guilty of, it is the (laughs) cool girl archetype of, yeah, I like whatever you like. Let's talk about what you like. I am the person you want me to be. Yeah. Um, But also, I think it's really interesting because... um, Oh, God, I'm trying to find the email that Melissa sent. Because genuinely, I could write a fucking essay on just this email alone. Um, But so she writes it, and it's all, like, extremely, like you said, kind of, like, wine drunk, stream of consciousness, very emotional. And then right after that, after Frances reads that, she reads it over a couple of times. And she goes... I also believe she had edited the email carefully for effect. The effect being, always remember who is the writer, Francis. It is me and not you. Um, And she also, she mentions that it seems like an affectation to not include paragraph breaks. As if she was saying, look at the tide of emotion that has swept over me. And I'm like. You are reading in an interesting way. Yeah, I'm like, because honestly, either either possibilities equally plausible Mm -hmm. i know like honestly i think it might have been a mix of both personally just because i know like if i was writing that kind of email i would be very emotional but also i would read that over before Mm -hmm. i sent it and be like i want to come off a certain way to this person and so i don't know i just i think it's very interesting because like that's addressed kind of explicitly but only in that scenario of the, like, I want to display a certain aspect of my personality to you, which I can do, given technology and, and online dating and stuff. But that's the only time that it's addressed, is, like, when it's Melissa attempting to confront Francis 
for having an affair with her husband. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then, of course, after that, you just, you have to go back and, like, read over all of their text messages and all of their emails and be like, how are they affecting themselves? Affecting themselves. Um, to appear a certain way. But also, mm, I think I, I might disagree with you on the point about tech being the thing that encourages um, affairs and extramarital activity. Did I say encourage or enables? Affords. I think you said both. Maybe you said enables, maybe you said affords, and I'm reading encourage into that. I'm not sure. We're doing this over tech, so I can't really yeah. You're just um. reading <laughs> into me. I, I I don't, if you heard um, it encourages, that is not what I meant. Um, I just think it makes well, it easier. Well, I mean, to easier. an extent, it makes it easier for people who want to encourage it. Yeah. Yeah. But also, like it makes I think it, I, Anyway, you go. You go. Yeah. I think I, just the, like, even the enabling part, I think I somewhat disagree with because I think that we're always going to do that no matter what. And I am specifically and only basing my point off of the Pina Colada song. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> uh, they literally put it in, like, the classified, like, you know, seeking whatever. Um, isn't seeking arrangements? Is that, like, a sugar baby service? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, what is it? Like, it's not penny savers. Is it, is it just straight up classifieds where they say, like, hey, I'm looking for a person? I think so. I'm not sure. I'm not ancient. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember the actual name of it. Oh, I'm not ancient either. We're the same age, bitch. You're actually older than me. Come on. <laughs> I don't like that implication. Um, but yeah, and he's like, oh, I was reading in the newspaper and I saw somebody wanted to have an affair. And then I also put out an ad that said, hey, I want to have an affair. Or it was the other way around or whatever, basically. Right? Yeah. So I'm like, I think it's kind of human nature to at some point start to look outside of a relationship and be like... And bored. Absolutely. Especially with the, like, pressure that we put on marriage, you know? Yeah. To be a thing of, like, the ultimate romantic show of love rather than, like, the business transaction that it always has historically been. So, I think that's, like, I think it's pretty normal. But I do think that it's interesting the way that tech is used to afford that and also the fact that like you know she can call his cell phone and then he can just pick up whereas if this had been set you know like 10 12 years earlier she'd be calling a landline yeah and uh she wouldn't know she'd be who was rolling some dice yeah and if no one picked up she wouldn't be able to leave a message if that was a possibility right yeah it would be able to be accessed by Melissa as well. So, yeah. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. I think we should move on to essays, but before we do, I just want to bring up one point, which is, like, the use of technology, like, specifically for, like, couples to find Mm -hmm. a bisexual woman to have a threesome with. Like, you know how that's so prevalent on Tinder? Yeah. I, like... Yeah. (laughs) And then, like, 
Francis ends this in like a poly- like polyamorous like kind of situation. Mm-hmm. I I just yeah. I just think it's uh pretty apt. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, it's so interesting actually that you say that because it's not until like basically the instant that Nick finds out that she's bi that he begins to express interest in her. Yeah. Like they're out, they're all out having a conversation and she's kind of like, Oh, maybe I like you. Maybe I don't, but I don't know how to show that because like, you're really cool and I'm 21. And then Bobby's like, Oh, by the way, Francis is bi. And then all of a sudden Nick is like, that's the first time that he says anything that I think is explicitly just towards her. Yeah. Interesting. I think so too. It's so interesting. Oh, I'd need like another hour to unpack all of that. Holy fuck. Okay. <laughs> that was a third eye moment, Julia. Thank you. Wonderful. Uh, what would you write your essay on? If you had to write an essay about this, which I know we both, I think, could do easily 10 each. Yes. <laughs> so if you had um, to pick just one. <laughs> I would say I would call it the English Affair, a, cas- a comparison of Light a Penny Candle and Conversations with Friends. So Light a Penny Candle is a Mae Finchie, my favorite Irish author's debut <laughs> novel. So it's just about like, it is actually like about female f- friendship and this messy boundary. So basically like this English girl gets sent to Ireland during the Blitz um, mm-hmm. to escape the bo- bombing. And uh, like she gets sent to like her mom's old like friend like her mom's old friends like house in Ireland and like they have a like there's a daughter there in that family who's the same age as like Elizabeth like Ashling and um they just are bonded for life you know and um it's like a story of like the lives and loves of these two women um Mm -hmm. and it's just like like it's I guess, like, I, I would just compare how, like, Ashling and Elizabeth's unbreakable friendship reminds me of, like, a less gay, less modern version of uh, Francis and Bobby. I'd, like, analyze, like, the ride and die of it, like, the secrets they keep from each other, the grand acts they do oh. from each other, and compare, like, those types of friendships. Because, like, there's a lot of things about abortion, um, and, like, there's even, like, thought about, like, death and killing, like... Um, Ashling, I think, is in um, an abusive relationship with an alcoholic, um, and so she has an affair. And so I'd also like examine that, like in terms of affairs in the novel, because maybe yeah. she loves to talk about affairs. So I'd want to like <laughs> analyze the fuck out of that and like compare yeah. like the affairs in the two novels, like the function of the affairs, the passion, who has the power, who gets most hurt. Like, just examine, like, the friendships and relationships in these two novels and, like, compare them with, like, uh, like two uh, famous Irish authors writing about yeah. a similar thing over different centuries. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's very fun. Thank you. Yeah. And also, yeah. I was just going to say it's incredibly similar to something that I would do. <laughs> What would you do? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so I mean, like I, I said, you know, like she gives me Holden vibes. Uh, yes. And literally, like Sally Rooney is known in literary circles as like they've dubbed her like Salinger for the Snapchat generation. That's so funny. Right? And so, yeah, I'd want, I, that's what I'd call it, is Salinger for the Snapchat generation, uh, paralleling Holden Caulfield and uh, Francis. I can't fucking remember her last name, and I didn't write it down like a fool. Connolly. But thank you. Yes. Yes. I knew it was something incredibly Irish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So I just, there are so many things, like, there are issues with religion and the way that they treat, like, I mean, we kind of talked about this when we did our Catcher in the Rye podcast and I sobbed, Um, but (laughs) the way that they treat the people around them with, like, this, like, reverence, and then as soon as they do something that they don't agree with, and for Holden, that's, you know, being a sexual being, or for Francis, like, letting them down in some way or seeming emotionally vulnerable um basically showing intimacy between the two of them right mm-hmm. um they reject them and they push them away and they go no you're not good enough anymore you're not special you're not who i wanted you to be you're not the person that i idolize so i am you're done like forever you know yeah um, and yeah like their relationships with like their parents yeah and stuff like the relationship i fully thought that her dad committed suicide with her same same i thought that too like whoa that's kind of a lot that's kind of a lot that would have been a lot cooler well not really but not for her but for me more dramatic (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but yeah so just like relationships with like suicide and like self-harm and fucking Mm -hmm. pneumonia um you know so it just like just there were so many so many moments in this book where she would say something that felt like the one scene from the catcher in the rye where he's walking down the street and he's like begging Allie to save him from like one step to the next yeah because he he feels like he's disappearing yeah and oh i have goosebumps I might cry. Right? Wow. Yeah. So, like, as a woman who already related to Catcher in the Rye um, and Holden Caulfield, I'm, like, entirely too close to a character (laughs) who very much so parallels that. um, (laughs) And who is a woman. (laughs) Bisexual Um, Irish woman. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like, what the fuck? I just, yeah. A mess. Um... (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah. So I'd want to take a much, much... A bisexual Irish woman who is a poet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and only drinks white wine. Oh, God. <laughs> you. Uh, literally me. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, anyways, I'd want to look a lot closer at those parallels because I think that there's way more to unpack, even though I already, like, unpacked a ton, you know? Yeah, yeah. Talked about anyways. Yeah. Oh, that would be so good. I'm really just obsessed with Salinger for the Snapchat era. Like, what a distinction. That is... What an honor. So honored. Like, that is so on point. That's insane. Yeah. Because she totally is. I love it. Yeah. And also, I my little that's... brain is, like, 
whirling about the Tinder bisexual third partner thing. But right? I know. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the cut scene from Conversations <laughs> with Friends. <laughs> the foursome. <laughs> I mean, they were living as a foursome for a little while. Yeah. Where they would just, like, go over for dinner. Like, her and Bobby to Melissa and Nick's house, and they would just all hang out together. I was like... This is so weird. What in the fucking weird-ass polyamorous relationships is this? Yeah. Ugh. It was so ick. It was so icky. I didn't like it at all. No. It's hard to wrap my head around. Anyway. Um, yeah. That has been another episode of Getting Letter At. Yes, it has. Well, what are we reading next? Cloud Cuckoo Land by Anthony yes, Dorr. Anthony Dora, I think, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then just awesome. before we go, Julia, parting thoughts? Mm, my parting thoughts. I guess it was the Tinder thing. I'm still pondering that. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. How same. about you? Same. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. how there's so much to be unpacked about polyamorous relationships. So much. Yeah, that we didn't even touch on. Um, no. <laughs> That's too much. Yeah. Whoa. Anyways, I think um, now that we're sponsored by them, because that would be a dream come true, but you can catch Conversations with Friends on Hulu slash Prime, I think Sundays. There's a new episode every week. Yeah. So I think this week is um, the second. I read the reviews. They're pretty terrible. Yeah, they're mixed. They're really, really mixed. I've heard some people be like, it's amazing. And other people are like, it's so boring. Similar to the book, it's I us. Think, basically, <laughs> <us>. yeah. <laughs> so, read the book, see how you feel, and yeah. then give it a shot. Give it a shot. Yeah. Give it a try. Give it a whirl. Yeah. Give it a go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so, thank you. This has like been you said. another episode of Getting Literate. I'm Julia. I'm Katie. Uh, Thanks thank you so for drinking much with for us. listening and drinking with Big us. Cheers. Good night, sleep tight, um, go rekindle your relationship with your ex tonight. Just kidding. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this has been an episode of Getting Literate with Julia Honadel and Katie McCulloch. Be sure to follow us on social media at Getting Literate on all platforms. And follow the podcast from wherever you're listening for more opportunities to get lit and get literate.